Hello and welcome Success Grid Nation to this new episode of the Success Grid Podcast with your host Hussein Talib. This is episode number 65. Unlock the value of your website by optimizing your user experience with AJ Davis. Also, don't forget to leave me your reviews and voice messages. Links are in the description. Welcome to Success Grid, the place for sharing entrepreneurial stories, knowledge, and wisdom to educate and inspire you to always strive to raise your standards in your business and your life. With your host, Hussein Talib. Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Success Grid podcast. Here today with me, AJ Davis. She is the founder of Experiment Zone. She is an industry expert in user experience strategy with a proven track record for delivering, delivering true value to businesses through their website. Uh, AJ, how are you? Doing great today. How are you today? I'm fine. So tell us a little bit about your story, where you were, and how did you come up with the idea of the this business, Experiment Zone? Yeah, I've always been really interested in solving problems as quickly as possible. So mm. things that are really small, that are irritating or make things hard to understand. So I have professional training in usability and user experience. Um, I then found uh, A-B testing, conversion mm. rate optimization through um, working on a product at Google. So I was the user researcher on the product Google Optimize. And I had a chance to talk to people who get to do real life experiments and make the world a little less frustrating <laughs> while also helping businesses grow. Uh, cool. So, so you, you, you worked with uh, Google? Um, I worked there for several years before oh, I left okay. and started my own company. So it was a great experience. Um, I really love getting to work on many different problems. So that's why I went to start, solve my own, start my own company mm. so that I could really, uh, you know, work with different people on different types of products. Uh, I just find it to be more exciting, a little faster pace. Mm, cool. So the, your business experiment zone, its focus is on having a better website for the client. This is the main focus of it, right? That's the outcome. So what yeah. we do is we help basically businesses get the visitors that come to their website to become customers. And we use scientific methods and research to achieve that. Mm, cool. Awesome. So. Uh, what elements, for example, any business owner in, or entrepreneur should have on their website as uh, as the and the first thing that the visitors of the website see? Yeah, the first impression is really vital. Uh, we lose a lot of people quickly. You get you see the bounce rates on landing mm. pages are often really high. Often that's a reflection of either the wrong person getting to the wrong place. Mm. Or that the website's not confirming quickly enough that this is the right place. This will help them. Mm. So the takeaway for most businesses is to make sure that their landing pages are just very concise and clear. Just tell people what you do. How do you help them? What problem do you solve? It doesn't need to be over the top and fancy. It doesn't have to be about your new products. But instead, really focus just on confirming to them that, yes, I sell watches. This yes. is for you, yes. We do this, and it's going to help you achieve the reason you're here today. Mm. So, so this is about conversion. Like you mentioned, converging a visitor to be a client or a customer. So, mm -hmm. do you, for example, recommend having uh, whether it's a, like a home page or a landing page, like what they call an opt-in page? Do you recommend it to be a minimal elements, like just a headline to to be at the direct at the point of the topic, or do you recommend like having a long form of pages, for example? 
it really depends. It depends on what you're trying to sell, who you're trying to sell it to. So that's why the data is really powerful because you can mm-hmm. understand, is it better to be short and to the point or do people need more education before they sign up for your newsletter, sign up for a trial? Um, the most important thing is that you're speaking to one specific audience. And so that's why you may want to have multiple landing pages. If you, for example, are an e-commerce store and you sell to men who wear watches, mm-hmm. you may want to have a landing page that's more dedicated to gifting. Perhaps somebody is going to gift the man the watch and their desires and needs may be different. So mm-hmm. you could use a landing page to really speak to that particular person, that specific use case, uh, and get right to the point with them instead mm-hmm. of trying to tell everything to everyone in one mm-hmm. page. Okay, I want to talk a little bit about conversion rate optimization, but first let me ask you, what kind of tips do you have for uh, people who build a website and they are not uh, techie, let's say? Uh, oh, if they're not techie, to be able to build their own site? Mm. Yeah, there's lots of great website builders out there. So depending on what functionality you need, you'll, you can go for a site that's kind of de- uh, dedicated to that type. So in the e-commerce space, you know, big commerce, Shopify, those are going to both provide the functionality of the website and support the orders and the emails and all the other pieces that are really important to your customers. Mm. So you can build things from the ground up, but if you don't know how, there's really great templates and designs already out there that you can start with and then build your brand on top of it. Oh, yeah. And you can modify with time if you feel like you can do that, right? Yeah. I mean, I think a really important thing to keep in mind is that there's no final state of a website. Exactly. Customers are changing. Technology is changing, what your competitors are doing are changing. So you're never going to hit it 100% today and also in the future. So it's better just to get something out there that works well and then look for ways to iteratively improve it. Mm, yeah, cool. So let's go back to the conversion rate optimization. What What is it exactly? Yeah, it's, a, it's kind of a fancy slash jargon <laughs> word, right? Um, I've myself been hesitant to use it. So we often talk about turning customers, turning visitors into customers as the end goal of conversion rate optimization. But if we break down the word conversion rate optimization, you can kind of understand what it is. So conversion is some sort of goal or action you want somebody to take for e-commerce that's often for them to order. For a SaaS company, that might be for them to sign up for a free trial. So that's your conversion event. Conversion rate is how often that happens. So number of conversions divided by how many people. And then conversion rate optimization is making sure you're getting the right percentage of people and looking to get more people to take that event. Mm -hmm. Usually there's something in the way. Usually there's lots of little things in the way. And we often don't know how much tiny things can impact ways, things in huge ways. Mm. So the process of conversion rate optimization is to ask those questions and to collect the data so you make sure that you're giving people the right experience, the right information, so they can become your customer. Speaking of rating, a lot of people, for example, say like you get a hundred or a thousand visitor to website and like let's say 1% or 5% or 10% converted and signed up for the page. What do you think is an ideal Mm-hmm. Uh, rate that we can consider or there is no either rate it just depends on the business and what it does I get this question a lot I think the answer is you can always do better 
Um, but you can also, you have to think about what the overall goal is. So if your goal is to get a hundred percent conversion rate, Oof. then don't send any traffic to your website, go to it all by yourself and then click the action and you've achieved a hundred percent, but that's worth no money. So, you know, that's an extreme example, but we want to think about that because conversion rate has two variables. It's how much traffic's coming and how many people are actually taking that action. So if you increase traffic, but it's not people that are the right match for you, that they're not a good match. You're selling watches, but they're looking for shoes. Uh, your <laughs> they're going to bounce. Yeah. yeah, they're going to leave. Yeah. And so, you know, making sure you've got the right audience is the one half of the equation. And then the second half of the equation is for people that are the right fit, are you giving them the easiest path to become a customer? And that's mm. really what we focus on. Mm. So there's no, there's no real number, mm. right? Because there's some seasonality to it. Um, but you can be aware of like, if you're below 5%, absolutely make the investment in conversion rate optimization. But we've got clients that are, you know, eight, 9% that are looking to continue to grow that too. Oh, so yeah. there's not really the upper limits, a hundred percent, but it gets harder and harder as you get from 1% to 5%, eight, 10%. Yeah, exactly. So uh, regarding this, uh, what are there some certain, let's say, Myths or wrongdoings or uh, whatever it is. Because, for example, if I am into a page, is, for example, a video page would be a better option rather than just a text page? Great question. Uh, I, I, I'm such a consultant. I'm going to say it depends. But what's great is we've got data to answer it. So if you can run a test where half the people see a video page and half of the people see a text page, you'll know with certainty which mm. of those experiences is better for your audience. Mm. So it could be that people need more context and they need the storytelling that a video can bring, or it might just be very transactional and they can just scan the list of facts and say, perfect, I don't want to think about this anymore. Let me buy it now. Mm. So oftentimes in practice, it's going to be a balance because your audience will be some people who need to go deeper and some people who will just need the facts. So oftentimes we end up seeing a combination of video and text being the right solution. Mm, cool. So, so here we're talking basically about A-B testing, like you mentioned earlier. So how important it is to have an A-B testing? Maybe I would call it an A-B-C until Z testing. So, <laughs> so yeah. yeah, you need to keep testing, right? You need to keep testing and you need to know why you're testing and you need to test the most important things. So uh, it's the most common example when you learn about A-B testing is blue button versus red button. Mm. It turns out that's not usually very important. Yeah, usually yeah, what's okay. important is do they understand what your offer is? Mm. Do, they understanding what the, do they understand the shipping policy, the return policy? Have you had them get that emotional connection of understanding the core reasons your business exists? So those value propositions. So oftentimes, uh, you know, companies just getting started with A-B testing start really simple, but they can get really complicated and be full page designs that you're comparing head to head. Um, but what it comes down to is what's going to add the most value for your customers? And is it really solving a problem or are you just testing out different ideas? Mm -hmm. Could you, since you mentioned uh, the button, for example, uh, the order button on send this report to me or whatever it is. The color of it, is it red, is it yellow, is it orange, whatever, is it black or transparent? So can you give us some tips on the things that actually should be focused on rather than the button sense? It's not like a big factor. 
Yeah. I mean, we do want to make sure the button is visible and easy <laughs> to find. And so like uh, the, the, the fastest thing you can do on your web page is to sit back in your chair and squint your eyes and see what jumps out at you. Mm. And what that's representing is what our pre-attentive processing does. So like what our brain is thinking about before we're actively thinking. And if the things that are standing out to you on the page are the headline and then the action, you're in good shape. That's a good basic principle. But oftentimes it's the image or it's some other action that isn't the primary. Mm. So that's a really simple, like, make sure that your page flow is pointing people to the next step you want them to take. And that visually it reflects that as well. It's not mm. using a lot of words to explain it, but it's saying this big thing, click on it. Um, you know, it's just, you notice it. That's how our brains work. We want to be guided. And that's a great tool to be able to make sure people are guided. Mm. So working with your client, mm -hmm. what of the things that you see doing wrong? Yeah, I think a lot of times um, there's sort of a there's a there's a forgetfulness about what a new customer needs mm. because when you work on a business, you work on a product, it's so obvious to you that you are selling shoes. Like mm. you know it. This is what the website is. If you know the brand, you know it. And so you end up with things kind of getting in the way, like, oh, we have this um, really new release about hand towels. Well, that's not related to shoes. So that could be very confusing to someone who is there for shoes for the first time. And so thinking through those lenses of what does a, like a returning customer need? What do they expect from my site? And then for folks that are brand new, are we continuing to provide the scaffolding and the help to move through the site to really understand how it all works? Um, you know, everyone knows Amazon in the US is like two day shipping. Uh, and but they still put it on every page, right? And it's just because we, uh, we don't want any doubt, we want to remove doubt from customers, we don't want them to have to go find the answer, we want to put it in the path that they're going through our website. Mm -hmm. And so that's often the most common mistake is just assuming that if you say it once people remember, yeah. and instead we have to say it at every point it matters. Mm, cool. So speaking, for example, of A-B testing, uh, I think we need to some tools to, to for example, uh, see the figures or the numbers. So one of the tools is like Google Analytics, which is basically free. So mm -hmm. how would you work with Google Analytics and look at the numbers uh, with the websites and bounce rate and other uh, numbers inside the dashboard? Yeah, that's a great question. Yeah, analytics will really help us understand what people are doing today. And then we can also use Google Analytics to say, what is the control group or people in group A? What are they doing versus in people in group two or group B? Mm. And so you can split data and analytics if you pipe in the right information. So if you're using the right testing tool, you can find all kinds of answers. Um, the most important thing is not to say, let me look at every piece of information in Google Analytics, but instead to say, what do we think is going to change as a result of this, you know, redesign of this page, this movement of the button, this new value proposition? Maybe we expect more people to click through some images, and then we expect if the images are impactful, that they'll add to cart. And so you can set up, what are the things you think will be impacted? And then watch those metrics to make mm -hmm. sure uh, they really have changed or haven't changed. Mm, yeah, cool. So speaking of metrics, uh, what, what do you think is the most important metric? Because 
does it reflect, for example, if the website has a high bounce rate, does that mean that they are doing bad and they have a low bounce rate, for example? Does that mean they are doing well or it's not really 100% relevant? Yeah, I mean, if again, if I'm the only visitor to my website, there'll be no bounce because I'll just make sure to click it. And so there's all kinds of ways to kind of game metrics. And really, at the end of the day, we're in business to make revenue. Yeah. So the calculation for any business, but let's give e-commerce would be how many people come to your site, what percentage of them convert, and what's the average amount they spend when they do convert. And that's equal to your revenue. Mm-hmm. And so, and so mm-hmm. you want to me- know each of those metrics and pay attention to it over time. So 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 for example, analytic Google Analytics or what a lot there are different tools. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what other tools that you would say can go along with Google Analytics, for example, in this regard? Yeah, I think there's there's sort of two parts of the equation. One is what are people doing? So analytics, Google Analytics, great place to get what's happening today. Um, you can also use tools like Microsoft Clarity or Hotjar. There's a bunch of crazy, like crazy egg, a bunch of tools that will do the visualization of what people mm. are doing. Are people scrolling the page? Are they clicking on things? So that falls to me in the same bucket of like behavioral. What are people doing? And then the other question is, what's the impact? And so there, then you'll need to use an A-B testing tool, which will help make it so your website is shown to 50% of your audience this way, 50% this way. It helps actually kind of create those differences. So there's a lot of tools out there. Google Optimize is a free tool that you can use for that. Um, Optimizely, uh, Monotape, there's a bunch of tools, AB Tasty, the list goes on and on. Um, and it's really just making sure that you're asking the right questions and setting up the right test ideas. What other elements that people should watch out for? Uh, like, for example, we talked about the, the button and the color of it, for example, and doing Google Analytics and seeing how things go behind the scenes for the website. So what other elements should should be on a website in general, for example? Yeah, in general, on your website, you need to have navigation. So it's a way to move through the website. Uh, you need to understand what a, the customer journey. And so the customer journey might be homepage, product listing page, product page, cart, and checkout. And for each of those, you want to make sure there's a clear call to action or clear button, some sort of thing that says, hey, do this thing. This is what you what we want you to do next. Mm. Um, mm. I think the most important thing you can do, instead of like just finding a list of all the attributes you should have on your website, though, is to actually watch people use your website. Because mm. they're going to ask questions. They're going to get frustrated. They're going to find things that are just unclear. And that will help answer oh, people are asking about our shipping policy. We've got a great free shipping policy. We ship out in one day. It arrives within a week. You should probably tell them. And Mm. you can see where do they ask the question? Maybe they ask about it in cart because now they're starting to think about, when am I actually going to get this? But they might ask earlier. Maybe they came to the website in the scenario of, I have a gift. I have a party this weekend that I have to give someone a birthday gift for. Can, will this arrive in time? Mm. And so for different scenarios, they may need the information at different places. So all of this drives me to like, we do have to have a user-friendly website, like the old website that look like the HTML old days, like in the early, late late 90s and first 2000s. It's like, <laughs> they, 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 they look bad. They don't like very friendly, especially mm-hmm. maybe on mobile. 
So uh, how would you describe the best friendly website, especially working on uh, web browsers and on mobiles, tablets, and other things? How important yeah. is it to have that? Yeah, the visual design we haven't really talked about, right? I've been just talking about, can people figure it out? Do they understand the words? Can they figure out the actions to take? There is a big kind of emotional component to the way your site is designed. So if people look at your site and it seems very old, they uh, they may just not trust you, right? Mm. It may give them a sort of doubt. This is a big one. It's not like uh, something uh, <clears throat> you should let slide easily. Right. And and maybe you also, uh, from a brand perspective, want to convey that you're not just trustworthy, but you're fun. Like by owning the products, you're going to have a little bit more fun in your life. Uh, but if you're selling, you know, software versus T-shirts, you might have different things you want to convey. So the, the qualitative th things you're trying to express can be very different. So you want to know what you're trying to say with your brand. It's not just your business name and the colors, but how do you want people to feel? How do you, you know, how do, how do you know it works? And then you actually can ask people, like, how did this website design make you feel? Um, a, a really cool research tool that I've used a lot is the Microsoft product response cards. And it's a list of different adjectives and it's, you know, about half and half negative and positive words. And it will give you a really clear read of like, are people responding in the way that I want them to, or I'd expect them to, to our design. Mm. And you might find everyone says it's outdated. Hey, maybe you should look at bringing a visual designer in. Yeah. You may find it's really trustworthy and then it reflects your brand. And then you just need to really focus in on, is it fast enough? Are people getting the information they need? Mm -hmm. So we, we are speaking basically on about a website, but a lot of talk right now is, should I have a, like a website or should I have like a funnel, you know? So let's look on this one. Yeah, um, I think that it, it's going to depend on the business, but the most cost-effective thing, like the thing that's going to have the best margin for the business is often having your own website. But it can be really hard if you're selling on Amazon, you're selling, you know, on eBay or Etsy or what have you. And you want to make sure that people can find you in all these places that they're spending their time, spending their money. But you also want to grow a following so that they can come to you directly. Mm. So, um, I mean, we work on the websites of the businesses. So we're working with businesses that desire to have that separation and that difference where it's not just we're the cheapest price on Amazon, but we have a better quality product. Uh, we have more unique designs. There's maybe a number of reasons. And in that case, having a direct website and thinking about the funnel or the customer journey on it is really important. But if you're just making something that's very kind of interchangeable with other businesses, you're competing on price, it may not be worth it to build up the traffic and the funnel on your site that you need that could be very costly to build mm. up initially. Mm. So what, what tools would you recommend to have a friendly, user-friendly website? I think that the, the most powerful research method or tool is to like talk to people. Uh, it's so We're so um, prone to talking about technology, and there's plenty of great tools out there that will help make this stuff easier. But I'm always surprised talking to new clients how, how often they're missing the opportunity to talk to people that are prospects or actually talking mm. to their customers. Because it will reveal a lot. It will kind of step, help you step away from your own assumptions about what's working, what's not working. Uh, and then you can even reflect back the things they say. Like perhaps uh, you find out that your product is really 
saving them a lot of time in their lives yeah. or it's something that they're sell they're using in context of their family that could inform your advertising that can inform the imagery used on your site and you may not have known that because maybe you assumed it was something somebody would do to like take a break from their family so having conversations with people be really revealing and i would recommend to anyone listening if you haven't done it just call up five of your customers and talk to them for 15 minutes and understand their context, their world, how your product fits in. And you'll find that that un like unlocks a bunch of creative solutions and ideas for you. Mm, cool. So there is like, we know there are a lot of flat platforms that, for example, our website can be built on, right? Mm -hmm. Like we have WordPress and we like Wix and the website you can and other things. So what's your look on this? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we, it really depends. Um, we, I, I talked about this a little earlier on. So if you're an e-commerce site, you know, mm. you can build on WordPress and you oh, can use mm. WooCommerce. And you it. can Shopify also, yeah. But Shopify and BigCommerce are great options as well. And so it's really, you, before you build a website, it's important not to ask. I often see people asking the question, what tool should I use for my website? Mm. And I don't often see the follow-up of like, what is your business? Who are you serving? What else? What other functionality do you need to provide? And so I, I don't have like a magic solution that works for everyone, but you need to first, before you look at building anything, whether it's a website, new website, or a redesign, is sit down and make a list of these are the things I need to support mm. and then find the tools that best deliver that. Mm. Can we talk a little bit and put them into points? What are the principles of a uh... A good experience for a website, like put them in one, two, three. Speed, like that it lo your page loads is really important. Mm. That your value proposition, what problem you're solving, just the statement of what it's very clear. So like clarity is really important. Um, I think a, a consistent kind of look and feel can be very valuable too, so that mm. it feels professional, it feels trustworthy. It feels um, like you don't start doubting is this a real business or is this someone's side project? How much can I trust that they're going to take care of me if something goes wrong? Mm. Yeah, consistency, uh, so, consistency is important. Like not having a page with certain colors and go to another page, even if it's an, like, an opt-in page or landing page that completely does not go with the flow. Yeah, it feels disconnected. And so you wonder, am I on a different site? Is this right? Am I, you know, like you just start <laughs> slowing down your whole process and we want people to just be able to go through like, uh, the most important thing to keep in mind is your customer does not have all day to look at your website. Like they're probably doing it in the context of other things. They might be browsing on their phone on the subway. They might be cooking dinner and talking to their home speaker about your product. So you want to just like kind of get right to the point and know mm -hmm. that they're busy and value their time as much as you want your time to be valued. Yeah, exactly. So like I asked you earlier about whether it's like, for example, a video or so how much do you think copywriting itself is important in pages, whether they are like sales pages or just giving information about the company or the person? How important is copywriting today? It's very important. Um, I think that oftentimes people write too much. And mm. part of the reason they're writing so much is that they can't boil down their message. Mm. So if you can simplify your message to we help this type of person do this type of thing, it's so much more clear than saying we help everyone and we can do everything. If you see somebody offering to do everything or saying they sell everything under the sun, you're going to doubt whether they're the best for it. 
<laughs> and you're going to rather, you know, if I find someone who says like, I help people who are like AJ's height, uh, you know, like AJ's location, this sort of like very, very specific details achieve this thing that I really want to do. Instantly, I'm going to go, wow, this person knows where I'm coming from and what matters. And, um, you know, that's kind of a, a joke example of those attributes. But, you know, if it's um, you're selling uh, like strollers, right? You don't want to say these strollers can be used for babies and dogs and textbooks. Because if you have a brand new baby, you're going to make that stroller is like optimized for a baby. And uh, so it can instead say this is for new moms with their first newborn yeah. so that they can take jogs. That's so much more clear. clear and and like you mentioned earlier, when they read it, it's like, yeah, it's this is for me. They, mm-hmm. they immediately relate to it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like clarity is kind, right? Being as clear as possible is going to make them go, yeah, that I do need that. Mm, cool, awesome. So uh, what do you think is a major takeaway from this episode? What's the most important thing uh, that someone should take from this episode, especially regarding uh, conversion rate optimization? I think the most important thing is to make sure you understand those three variables. You know how much how people are getting to your site, how much traffic you're getting, how many people are converting of that traffic, and how much each of those conversions are worth. And then make sure you're monitoring those over time and actually putting projects in place, initiatives in place to improve all three of those metrics. Because if we just focus on traffic, it may not convert well. If we just focus on conversion rate, we may be missing out on people. So making sure you're keeping in mind all three parts of that equation and then making your best attempt to improve them over time. Mm, cool, awesome. You, you have to focus because sometimes the traffic, when it go when it comes to the website and even converse, sometimes uh, with time, if you are not uh, having like some kind of uh, messaging, like you mentioned, or a follow up or whatever, it can go in a in a place where you don't want to be, and the visitor does not eventually can convert to a client or a customer. Yeah. So, AJ, where people can get in touch with you? Um, you can find me at experimentzone.com. You can use the contact form there, or you can reach out to me at AJ at experimentzone.com. Uh, I love talking to people about their business and their business ideas. So, I'm always happy to do a virtual coffee hour. Uh, so, feel free to reach out. I'd love to meet you. Awesome. Well, AJ, thank you for being here today with me of the success, an episode of the Success Great Podcast. Thanks for having me on today. Awesome. Thank you for listening to this episode of Success Grid. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And if you found value in the show, rate and leave a review on iTunes. For more resources, visit successgrid.net. Until next time.